Hey out there in podcast land, welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. We're continuing on with our Psalm 119. So let's get started. The Lord is my possession. I promise to do what you have said. I've sought your favor with my heart. Have mercy on me according to your word. I've considered my ways and turned my feet back to your laws. I hurry to keep your commandments. I never put it off. Though the wicked have surrounded me with their ropes, I haven't forgotten your instruction. I get up in the middle of the night to give thanks to you because of your righteous rules. I am a friend to everyone who honors you and to all who keep your precepts. Lord, the world is full of your faithful love. Teach me your statutes. Today, our psalmist teaches us about self-reflection. He begins with the understanding that God is with him. The statement of the Lord being his possession means that he has access to God, that God is not distant, but nearby. He continues with the acknowledgement that he has sought God's favor. How has he sought this favor? By being obedient to God's word and that he's done so with the sincerity of heart. This is how he sought God's favor. Then he takes an honest look at himself and confesses that he hasn't always followed God's law. And we know this because he admits to needing to turn back from the laws. Did you catch that? That was in verse 59. I considered my ways and turned my feet back toward your laws. One doesn't need to turn back unless they've left, right? (laughs) And I find this freeing because it shows the humanity of our psalmist. He has fallen short just like all of us have. And I think that sometimes we think the, the people, the men and women in the Bible are like superhuman, that they've been given a special portion of God, you know, in them that allowed them to do all that God had called them to do. And while this is true, what is also true is that you and I have been given a special portion of God in the form of the Holy Spirit that helps us do all that he's called us to do. So in this regard, we see that our sisters and brothers in the Bibles are no different from us. How many times do we see the humanity in them? Abraham lying about Sarah being his wife to save his life. David with Bathsheba. Samson ignoring his call. Esau giving away his birthright. Jacob being a swindler. Peter being hot-headed. John full of himself. And I could go on and on, right? Yet we overlook their humanity and place them on pedestals that they didn't ask to be placed upon. They merely accepted the call of God and did not give up. They did not give in to their fears. And you and I can do the same. When we fall, we are to do as our psalmist does, to run quickly back to God. In the psalmist's case, he returns to God's word and he applies it. I find verse 60 comical because I can see a man running to God, like being in the middle of something and then realizing, oh, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing, dropping it and running back to God. Strained from what he knows to be correct, then dropping everything, right? I think that's funny. And I love his comment. I never put it off. Do you know what he's essentially saying? That he does not hesitate to run back to God. 
that once he understands that he's outside of God's will, he immediately returns to God. And dear one, that's all God wants from you and me. That's all he wants from us. He knows that we're made of dust, prone to fall. Therefore, he made himself accessible to us. We merely have to call on him and run immediate to him and say, I'm sorry, help me. Never buy into what the enemy feeds you and that God is angry with you, that you aren't good enough. It is true, none of us are good enough for God. Hence Jesus, who washes us and cleanses us and makes us righteous through him. We can always go back to God because remember, nothing can separate us from God's love. Our psalmist gets us, gets up, he gets up in the middle of the night to make things right with God. And, you know, it's interesting because as I was on the brink of retirement, my car that I had been driving, um, that I had been intent on driving until the wheels fall off, fell off, stopped working. And so I needed to get another car. And I wanted to get my dream car, but I wasn't financially at the point where I wanted to get it, but I didn't want to get something substandard, and so I was wrestling with it. I kept wrestling with it, kept wrestling with it, and someone prayed with me. It was like, you know, God is going to let you get what you want, and so I ended up getting my dream car, which is a really nice car, and I remember driving it home from the parking lot and just being in a state of shock. You know, driving it home, I parked it in the in my garage, went on about my day because it was evening time, and I went to sleep. And I remember getting up to go to the bathroom, and when I was getting in the bed, I heard God say, aren't you not going to thank me for your car? <laughs> it was like at 3 o'clock in the morning, I was like, oh my goodness. I immediately got out of bed, went into my prayer room, I had a prayer room then, and was just like, God, it's not that I'm not thankful. I'm in shock that all of these years that I've wanted this particular car that now I have it even though financially I did not think that I was ready for you. You you gave it to me. I'm just in shock. So getting up in the middle of the night isn't a strange isn't strange to me and he was so gentle. Are you not gonna thank me? (laughs) God is that good and our psalmist gets up in the middle of the night to give his gratitude and thanks. We can do the same. The remainder of the psalm just returns to the stress that the psalmist is experiencing. And as I've stated, I think he is away from Jerusalem, you know, exiled within the Babylon Empire. And so he longs for home, to be around like-minded people who follow God's law. Notice that he tells us that he extends friendship to fellow believers. He walks in the fruit of the spirit of kindness, but to those who accept God's word. And we know that God wants us to walk in kindness to everyone. God does not call us to be selective. If we were, how would the world see Jesus in us? They wouldn't. That's why God places us among non-believers so that they can see him in us. Our role is to ensure that they're actually seeing Jesus in us and not seeing us being us without God. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? As the psalmist ends, he thanks God for the love that he can see on display in the world. He can see God's goodness daily, even while being exiled away from his homeland. He maintains a faith that allows him to see God everywhere. Do we have this faith? 
the faith that allows us to continue to trust in God even when we are in exile, when the children are wayward, when the spouse leaves, when the, mo- the boss makes an inappropriate comment or pass at you, can we still be faithful? These are the questions that we are to ponder as we do our self-reflection. Are we continuing to walk in the direction God has instructed us to follow? Are we allowing the fruit of the Spirit to be manifested in our lives? Do we take full advantage of the access that we have to our God? As you ponder these questions, know that we are all, know that we all can do some self-reflection. And I think we should do it periodically. This means that we must slow down and look over the last month or two months and see what we have done and, and what we didn't do to see if we're growing in Christ or have we become stagnant? Have we gotten comfortable with our relationship with God that we no longer are seeking him to know him but seeking him for the benefits? Have we been lulled into a false sense of security thinking we've done all that we can do for God and others and there's nothing else to do? (laughs) Only you can answer these questions but I urge you to sit down, get with the Holy Spirit and answer them. Ponder them. Seek guidance. We all have fallen short of the glory of God, right? Yet he extends his hand to us to walk with him. And if we find ourselves away from him, you know, having to run back as our psalmist does, it's because we took our hand out of his. Where are you today? Give it to God and allow the Holy Spirit to show you where you are in him. And let us have the faith that our psalmist has. That when we fall, because we will, that we immediately run back to God. Self-reflection is a good thing because it helps us move forward. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for this psalm. And we thank you for teaching us that we do need to pause and just kind of go over where we are in life. To go over the visions that you've given us that we are to pursue our calling, to do an azimuth check, to kind of see if we're still on track. Are we still walking in accordance with your word, your word and your will? And if not, to immediately run back to you and get (laughs) further instruction so that we can continue on our path. You haven't called us to be perfect. We are far from it. But you do call us to be honest with you and with ourselves. And so as each and every one of us come to you this day in this reflective moment, I ask, Father, that you speak to our hearts to reveal to us where we are and also clarify where you would have us go. The caregivers out there, they're under enormous pressure. So help them. Help them to see um, your direction in their lives. If there are things that you do not want them to do, make it plain to them and help them to be obedient to not do it. Or if there's other things that you would have them do, once again, Lord, make it plain. And give us the faith, the faith of that mustard seed, that we are obedient to what you call us to do. We love you, but more importantly, you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, my podcast family, go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye.